Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, when the Miami Dolphins spent the entire offseason stripping down this roster, getting rid of all the dead weight, shipping out overpaid veterans. And it was beginning to look like, you know, this team is just trying to put together a cheap roster, trying to reset, trying to get stripped down. And it looked like this was a team that was shooting a win two or three games at most this season. And we were all pretty excited about it. We were thinking, yes, okay, this is good. Listen, we've had years of mediocrity. It's finally time to take a step in the direction to make sure we can get a good draft pick and give us something to build around. And we can finally get a franchise quarterback in here. We were all pretty happy about it. But nobody said sitting through those 16 football games was going to be easy. And uh, after the Dolphins lost at home 43 to nothing to the New England Patriots and have now been outscored at home over the first two games by a combined, what's it, 112 to 10? 102 to 10. 102 to 10. It's pretty ugly and it's not good football and uh, it's, it's, it can be a little bit difficult to sit through. It's a little tough, a little tough to see your team lose 43 to nothing. But I, I have to say, and I have to say this straight up, and, and this is not me being a cockeyed optimist or anything like that. This was a better performance from the Miami Dolphins, at least on the defensive side of the ball, than we saw in week one against the Rape. Um, maybe? I, I, I think it was better. I mean, listen. When the pick sixes started happening in the second half and things got out of control, it was, it was bad. But this was, the defense kept this team in the game for the first half. Yeah. I mean, the defense, look, the defense certainly played a much more competent football game, uh, in this one. In the first game last week, I mean, the defense was nowhere to be found. They couldn't stop the run. There were blown coverages over and over and over again on the back end. They had nobody that could cover uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, so he was just running free over and over and over again. And the Dolphins cleaned up the back end, the deep end of the field, and didn't give up the big play, which I thought that was the most encouraging thing to come out of this game, especially in a game where Rashad Jones didn't play. Uh, you had pegged uh, Bobby McCain as your free safety, and I don't believe he played in this game. Um, and you still didn't, you still managed to kind of hold your own. Now the secondary still had lots of issues. Jamal Wiltz was, you know, abused over and over again. Eric Rowe did not have a particularly good game. Um, Xavier Howard played pretty well, uh, did get tagged for a couple of defensive holding calls on Antonio Brown, but that's about it. 
every time the, that he was contested, he he basically showed up and and made a play. So you know he played pretty well. Uh, so so by and large, the secondary played a lot better in this one, but the front seven did not have a great game. Uh, the Patriots pretty much ran the ball at will. Uh, I mean, I, I got, you know, I guess we 3.6 yards of carry. They didn't necessarily run it at will, but the majority of the game when the Patriots needed a run to pick up however many yards, they were able to pick up how, whatever they needed. Uh, and then the Patriots did what the Patriots do, which is, uh, they just move the sticks. They, they kept things going, but the Patriots are going to do that against a lot of teams and the Dolphins defense kind of hung on. I mean, they, 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 this loss was way more on the offense than the defense, uh, but as a whole, I mean, you lost by 49 last week, you lost by 43 this week, and as bad as the offense, as the defense was in week one, I'd say the offense was just as bad in week two. I just think it's a matter of, you know, pick your poison. Do you want to have... Uh, one of the most horrific defensive performances ever or one of the most horrific offensive performances ever because the Dolphins had 37 yards of offense through three quarters in this game, which is just, his, it, it's almost historically bad, uh, the pace that they were on. So uh, as a whole, I don't think it, maybe it was a little bit better because you, you felt like you were kind of in the game, uh, you know, at halftime, but... As a whole, I think it was just as bad. Yeah, it was. Listen, if, if there was improvement, it was marginal improvement. But I mean, listen, when you hit rock bottom in week one, there's only one way to go. And I think we may have even said that as we recapped last week's game. So at any rate, the Dolphins lose again. Another just I mean, the, the offense was just so bad in this game. And part of it was that they were completely overmatched. The, the New England defense was so bad so strong and then I think the the offense got a little bit of a shot in the arm actually when Josh Rosen came in late in the game and I actually really liked seeing Rosen come in and he was just slinging the ball around and then suddenly the Miami receivers just could not catch when they were Josh Rosen was hitting wide open receivers and he, he not all the passes were perfect but he was hitting receivers in the hands and they were dropping the ball Jakeem Grant was wide open down the sideline on a bomb from Josh Rosen and the ball just bounces off of his hands off of his helmet and onto the ground it was just I don't know but they they looked better when Rosen was in the game so I want to I want to pose this question to you brain because it's it's something that you heard you hear quite a lot from people who are very upset with the performance of this Dolphins team, particularly with the way the offense is performing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Should the Dolphins be going to Rosen now? Should Rosen be starting or should he have been brought into this game much sooner than he was when it was still something of a competitive football game? I don't see why not. Uh, to me... He won the job with two throws. They were both incomplete passes, but they were both well-thrown deep balls. The one to Jakeem Grant was maybe not a perfect throw. You know, Jakeem Grant had to maybe slow down just a hair and kind of reach up, put his face, his hands by his, you know, face mask to try to make the, the throw. But that was like a 50-yard bomb, and he put it on him. It, it should have been caught. It, it hit him right in the hands. It's that... 
It certainly needs to be caught by a guy that you just gave an extension to, to pay him $6 million a year to be, you know, a reliable receiver and one of the best return men in the game. And in the first two weeks of the season, he's muffed a punt and he's dropped a bomb. So, uh, he's got to come up with that. And then the very next play, Rosen throws another, this one, a beautiful deep throw. Couldn't have placed it better to an open uh, Preston Williams, and it goes right through his hands. And I just look at that and I say, that's two throws that that Ryan Fitzpatrick can't make. And, and that's just, look, if we're not winning football games. And, 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 and if you're worried about like, well, you don't want Josh Rosen to go in there and play too well because it's going to affect our tank. When you're losing games like the way we're losing games, the difference right now between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, that's not going to be the difference between us having the number one pick or not having the number one pick. But you want to, you, they, they say the reason that Fitzpatrick is getting the starting job right now is because it better allows you to evaluate everything around them. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing as poorly as you can play the position. And Josh Rosen, while not great, look, Josh Rosen threw two very good passes and then sailed a bunch of other passes, should have had another one, you know, had an interception, should have had another one picked off. Uh, it wasn't like he threw, he put on a clinic. He was seven of 18, but you know, his QBR was 4.8 and his QB rating 33.8 compared to Ryan Fitzpatrick, a QBR of 3.1 and a QB rating of 23.8. The point is, neither of them are great, but Rosen has the ability to get better and has an arm, to, has talent in his arm that Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point in his career just doesn't have, is never going to have it. And at this point, there's just no harm in it. I mean, what, what's the harm in it? Uh, you gotta try to do something. And look, Josh Rosen outplayed Ryan Fitzpatrick. In the second preseason game, out, outplayed Ryan Fitzpatrick in the third preseason game, and has now outplayed Ryan Fitzpatrick in the only regular season game where both quarterbacks got any substantial time. Because I mean, look, R Rosen got into the game last last week, but he got five snaps. He went and he threw three passes. It wasn't pretty. I would say Fitzpatrick played better than him last week for sure, but Rosen. Played better than him in this game, and at some point you're gonna you're gonna turn it over to him. Uh, do we really need to play this whole game of we're protecting him? Uh, in in all honesty, the offensive line, at least in the first half of the game, they didn't play great. They they didn't play. Uh, you know, they didn't block well for. They didn't open any lanes up for the running game. But Ryan Fitzpatrick had plenty of time to throw the ball in the first half. That wasn't the issue. The issue was either no one was open or he wasn't finding them. And he threw uh, a couple of really, well, he threw one really boneheaded interception in the second half. He threw uh, an, a, a tough interception in the first half, one where he, he tried to drop it in between the coverage and it got tipped and, and, and he, you know, he forced it a little bit, but that's the kind of thing that when you, when you're, you're this team and you don't have any, 
you know, offensive weapons and you're not getting anything going offensively, you kind of need to force things every now and then. So I'm not going to blame him too much for the first interception, but he threw a couple of really bad ones in the second half. I, I just think at some point you're going to throw Rosen out there. Why not now? I it just, there's, he's earned it at this point because he's just, he's played better than Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree. Um, and I think, you know, making the argument that the, the basically the only argument that I could make as to why you're not starting Rosen yet is at this point, it's like, let's just get through these four really tough games that we have at the top of the season here and uh, let, I mean, really, well, that Chargers game is looking not quite as tough as as it maybe looked before, but, uh, the, you know, the first two games have looked really tough and maybe it's just we just want to protect Rosen as long as possible before we throw him in there full time and give him the full time, you know, to do the thing. Or they're maybe trying to say we're doing our due diligence and giving Ryan Fitzpatrick every opportunity to succeed here. But, uh, y- you know. A lot of people are complaining about this team. And listen, I guess it's it's to be expected when your team has performed as badly as the Dolphins have performed here. And I'm hearing people say they expected the Dolphins to be bad, but they didn't expect them to be this bad. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have in their minds those 2007 Dolphins, right? That that team that went 1-15 and and that team that lost a lot of games early in the season by like, a field goal or less like they were that 2007 team was very competitive. And so I think maybe people were thinking that that was going to be this team, that they were going to be competitive in games, but ultimately just fall short. And what we're seeing now is that this team is really not competitive at all. And it's, it's, you know, people are having a very hard time with it, but maybe that's the reason that you keep, Rosen on the bench is just to try to protect him as long as you possibly can until you get through this sort of rough gauntlet at the beginning of the season. But at any rate, here's the thing that I would say to people, because I'm seeing people that are so upset and they're just like, they never expected this in a million years. And it's like, this is exactly what I expected. I expected there to be lopsided games, particularly at the beginning of the season when you're up against really good teams. I don't, do I think the Dolphins are going to lose every game by four touchdowns, five or six touchdowns now that they've lost at least by in the first two games? No, of course not. But this is a bad football team, you know, and it's exacerbated by the fact that I I think you're seeing some players, uh, you're seeing some disappointing uh, play by players like Jakeem Grant dropping passes, Preston Williams dropping passes, Devontae Parker dropping passes, though we're sort of used to that. Uh, Kalen Bellage dropping that pass that turned into a pick six and then just completely just giving up on the play. Uh, that kind of that kind of stuff is unforgivable, and I hope that that is something that is going to be addressed by Brian Flores this week. I saw some people taking out frustration on Brian Flores, saying that he he did a bad job in this game, and I just don't know that you can put a lot on Brian Flores in this game. This was a team that was just outclassed on both sides of the ball, and it, and the, you know the defense made an admirable effort. It was thirteen nothing at the end of the first half. It was still at least reasonable. I think it was only 20 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. And then it was in the fourth quarter where just things got ridiculous and, and the game got really out of control. But I mean, this was by and large a competitive game because of the performance of the defense 
for most of the way. It was just the offense is completely inept. And I don't know what you can say about the offense being inept. I guess the only thing that you could put on Flores' shoulders is the fact that he didn't bring in Rosen. But again, we had that conversation that Rosen is going to get his opportunity when he's going to get it. Um, And I don't think it's going to happen until after the bye. And, you know, I think everybody just needs to get used to that. And they need to be okay with it because it's not going to make a big difference. People need to relax. Okay? This is the biggest thing that I... I don't know. So is that where we're at now? Is that like... Listen, just because Just because we know it's going to be bad, we're going to just give Brian Flores a pass? Because no, I'm not saying like, you give you him a pass. If you don't agree with the decision that he's making, then you should feel free to say, look, I don't agree with the decision that he's making. Whether or not it's a big deal or not, they, you know, there, there are degrees of decisions that you agree or disagree with, but maybe they're not like the most important things. But you can have an opinion on every decision. And if you believe that he's making the wrong call here on the Rosen thing and the, on the quarterback thing, you know, then, then fine. Like, call him don't give him a pass don't say don't say hey i think this is a mistake but you know whatever you know he gets a pass say look i think this is a mistake i don't think it's a huge deal we're gonna see him eventually but you know don't don't tell don't tell people that are that are sitting there watching their team put up 10 points over the first two weeks and just look and what what do we have in total offense? Like 320 yards, something like that, through two weeks, and and say, you know, oh, it relax, you know, we're it's a process. Like, yeah, I get that it's a process, but to me, anybody could see right now that Josh Rosen is is playing better, and everybody knows that Josh Rosen stands way more to gain and the team stands way more to gain the more we see of Josh Rosen. So while I agree, it's not a huge deal because Josh Rosen is going to get in there eventually, but why are we just beholden to this whole, well, he can't get in there until the bye week. Why? Why? Because, because the games are tough. I got news for you. This team sucks. They're all going to be really, really tough. The offensive line is horrific. It doesn't matter who we play. The the quarterback's going to be under duress. So just fucking put him. I'm sorry. There I go with the F-bombs. I'm, I'm sorry. But just put him out there. Just put him out there. And if he sucks or he gets hurt or whatever, then so be it. But you're going down playing somebody that has the most to gain and that the franchise has the most to gain by seeing. So would you subscribe then to the theory that Brian Flores is in fact coaching to lose? I don't know that he is coaching to lose. I think he's being very conservative. I think he's I think he's coaching scared when it comes to the quarterback position. I think he is protecting Josh Rosen because he sees things you know, probably in the classroom or on the practice field that he says, you know, Josh Rosen isn't necessarily ready to, he's not processing things as quickly as Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you know what? The things that he lacks in that, he makes up for in talent and he'll process them more quickly the more experience that he gets. Or you hope that he will. And if he doesn't, well, then he's not the answer and it doesn't matter. But 
I don't think that he stands much to gain watching Ryan Fitzpatrick sit out there and play the position horribly. Uh, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick was out there and he was playing with any modicum of, of, of success, I'd be fine with it. But, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing awful football. He is playing the position terribly. He, he had some moments in the first game, but basically, I mean, in this game, he was awful. Start to finish, just terrible. And it's just silly to me at this point. Because I, I just don't see what you stand to gain. If he's going to be terrible, you're not learning anything about your offensive line. You're not learning anything about your receivers. In fact, I would say we learned more about our receivers in two throws by Josh Rosen than we did with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that is, they can't catch a deep ball. But we wouldn't know that with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback because he's not throwing the deep ball. He's certainly not throwing it as well as Josh Rosen. So, I would like to know... If we're going to throw deep balls, I want Josh Rosen throwing the deep ball, and I want to see, hey, maybe these guys get a little bit better at it the more we do it. What are we waiting for? We're waiting until we're down 30 to nothing next week against Dallas so we can throw them in in garbage time? Well, you're not really learning a whole lot there because now you're evaluating your team in garbage time. How about we evaluate Josh Rosen and the rest of this offense when the game matters? And why we need to wait two more weeks so we can get, what, a false sense of security when he plays a team like Washington or he plays the Jets and we say, oh, well, Josh Rosen played a lot better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, but now we have the caveat. Well, he played a much worse defense. And then we sit here and we've got a a quarterback controversy. Just throw Josh Rosen out there next week. If he shits the bed, then we say, okay, you know, that didn't work out so well. But at least we know what we got. Now, we're not sitting there wondering, hey, I wonder what Josh Rosen would do against this team. Fair enough. Maybe we will have the opportunity to see that next week in that game against Dallas, although I didn't see any kind of indication in the postgame press conference that that was going to be the case, but we'll see how things develop over the course of the week leading up to that Dallas game and this team's first opportunity after they've performed badly at home. Now they get to go and try it a little bit on the road. We'll, we'll see what that is all like for him. Um, let's move away from the offensive side of the ball and look at the defense, particularly Minka Fitzpatrick. Word broke uh, shortly before the game that the Dolphins had five teams that were seriously interested in Minka Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins were reportedly looking for a first and then some for Minka. There are five teams involved in the conversation. But knowing that Minka was on the trade block, then we found out that Minka was going to be starting this game. And there was some conversation that people were saying, well, why on earth would you start this guy if he is on the trading block and if you're in conversations with with another team about shipping him out. And that led me to think uh, maybe maybe there's something in what Brian Flores said that he thinks that relationship is salvageable. And that's why he decided, you know, that he was going to let Minka go out there and play and, you know, hope that maybe things might change. I don't know how much of, based on this performance, anything is going to change if it's all about winning and losing for Minka. But Regardless, there are five teams interested. Reports are that the Dolphins might move him as soon as this week and that the Dolphins may end up with a third 2020 first round draft pick. Pretty exciting in terms of adding draft capital. But what are your thoughts on this Minka situation as it continues, Brian? Yeah, I mean, look, it, I, I said it uh, when we did the show and the and the rumor broke that 
uh, he was he was seeking a trade and they gave him permission. I said, look, uh, if it's if it's a if it's a good team uh, that's that's uh, trying to trade for him, uh, I'm going to need a first round pick and then probably, you know, at least a third round pick, if not a second round pick, because if it's a good team, you're probably looking at a late first round pick and you drafted him. 11th overall and you know that he's really good and he's under club control for the next three or four years because he's under contract and with a team-friendly deal so because he's a known commodity and you spent you know the number 11 pick on him you're going to need more than a first round pick and probably a first and and either a second or a third and if it's a bad team then you know maybe a first and like a fourth but to me it's definitely worth more than a first round pick and I think if you don't play him, unless you have a, a a deal in place, if you don't play him, you have now forced your hand because now you are telling Minka Fitzpatrick he's getting traded. And now you have no leverage. You no longer have the leverage in the trade negotiations because now the other teams know, hey, you didn't play him. You've got yourself a time a ticking time bomb You've got to trade him. Otherwise, this is just going to get uglier and uglier. The Dolphins did the right thing. They didn't have a deal in place, so they played him. Uh, thankfully, he didn't get hurt. So things are where they are. And if the, the right deal comes along and you trade him, I'm fine with it. Uh, I just wanted to, I think the asking price should be high. Uh, I think you need to ask for more than just simply a first round pick. And depending on the team that, that, that is asking, especially if it's multiple teams and you can leverage them against each other, first and a third, first and a second, maybe. I mean, it'd be a beautiful thing if we can go in to, ne- you know, next year's draft and, and say that we've got two firsts and three seconds or three, or I'm sorry, three firsts and three seconds. I mean, that'd be incredible. So I, I look, you don't want to lose Minka Fitzpatrick. And yes, I think the fact that they played him uh means that if the right deal doesn't come along, maybe the relationship is salvageable. Uh, but I think even if the relationship wasn't salvageable, it was still the right move to play him. And I think the same thing for Kenyon Drake, who rumors uh surfaced right before game time that they're shopping him as well. That should come as no surprise to anybody. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago that Look, he's in the last year of his contract. The, the, the team kept six running backs. They don't necessarily value the running back position enough to, to give him a big contract extension. And he certainly hasn't, you know, performed to the ability where he should, where they should break the bank on him. And if they let him go in free agency, they're going to get a third round comp pick for him. So now the question is, can you get a third round pick or better for Kenyon Drake? Because if you can get a third round pick for him or better, then by all means trade him. But I think with Kenyon Drake, uh, I think they're gonna, they're gonna probably be asking for a second round pick. Teams are probably offering a third. I, I think if they're offering less than a third, there's no reason for the Dolphins to even engage them in talks because you're looking at getting a, probably a third round comp pick back for him anyway. So I think if somebody's offering a third, I think we probably just wait it out and hope that he has a big game or two prior to the trade deadline and we just wait it out until the deadline. And then at the deadline, we take the best offer that we get if it's a third round or better. Yeah. We'll see if the dolphins do end up uh, sending 
Kenyon Drake and Minka Fitzpatrick elsewhere. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there weren't some other members of this team that ended up moving. That actually uh, leads me to a Twitter question that we received uh, today from two-time fantasy football champion is his name. The uh, Twitter handle is at J-FRO. He asks, uh, who on today's roster will be on next year's roster? I think that's a good question. And uh, I'd, l- I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I know that I think, obviously, Xavier Howard is one of those guys who will be around. Obviously, Jesse Davis is one of those guys who is going to be around. I think Jerome Baker is one of those guys who will be here. Kalen Balaj, I think, has a good shot uh, of being uh, I don't know about that. Well, maybe not Maybe not after I, today. I wouldn't right. be shocked if Kalen Balaj got cut this week after that performance. Yeah, that was It was pretty bad from Kalen Balaj. Not today. only did he drop multiple screen passes he also ducked out of the way of a screen pass yeah that was really bad that was really bad i mean the the i i, I tweeted it out the, the ineptitude of the offense today was just awe-inspiring and kalen balaj did play a big part in that but who are some of these other guys that you think that the dolphins will keep around next season i would i would imagine that at least one of the two quarterbacks is going to be here next year if not both of them yeah well i i think it depends what happens uh, you'd think Rosen would probably be here, but uh, because at, at worst he's a cheap backup. Uh, but um, you know, if if it came down to it, and we had kind of wrapped up the number one pick, and somebody wanted to offer us something for Rosen, uh, we'd probably you know take it and then just roll with Fitzpatrick as a backup. So I think that's a good call, Jason Sanders for sure, um, Devon Godshaw. I think of, uh, obviously, your rookies from this year, Christian Wilkins, even though he did not have a good game today. Um, you know, Michael Dieter. They, anybody that you picked this year in the draft, I think it's, it's probably, they're probably safe. By the way, my new nickname for Kalen Balaj is Kalen Garbage, uh, because he is just straight trash. Uh, and I'm done with him being the number two running back on this team. He started in this game. I'm ready to see Mark Walton. I'm ready to see anybody else that they want to put in there because I am done with Kalen Balaj, uh, or I'm sorry, Kalen Garbage until, until proven otherwise. Uh, Jakeem Grant, they just extended him. So you know, he's going to be back. Uh, I'd assume if he keeps his nose clean, Preston Williams will be back, uh, next year, but, uh, he's on a, he, you know, he's on a non-guaranteed contract right now, uh, as, as an undrafted free agent. So, uh, he's got a long way to go, but I would, I would guess that right now he's our leading receiver. I would guess that he's got the inside track towards being here next year. Outside of those guys, I think there's a chance Raekwon McMillan, and that's about it. Maybe Sam McGuire. Jason, Jason Sanders? Well, I said Jason. Jason Sanders was my first one. That's the obvious one. Maybe we'll get rid of Matt Hawk. We might get rid. We almost got rid of Matt Hawk. We we brought in competition this year for Matt Hawk. It, yeah, I can't imagine how bad that competition must have been that he got to keep the job because he yeah. was terrible today too. He's he's very up and down. He has some games where he'll he'll be knocking fifty five yard punts and pinning them inside the ten like multiple times, and then he has games like today's where he he can't help but shank it. Yeah, so, it's good. Getting he's that good just, he's up and down. I think he's an average punter. Getting that good punter analysis on the same old Dolphin show. 
<laughs> Look, there's there's not much on on you know the last two weeks, the offense and defense. There hasn't been a whole lot to be excited about. So let's talk about our punt. Yeah, you you might as well. You might as well talk about your punter. Well, let's um, listen. I want I want to talk about something else because I, I saw some tweets today. A lot of people getting upset, and this is really too. There were I think there were honestly people out there who had convinced themselves that this team was going to be really competitive this season, and I see a lot of people getting very very upset. Very emotional and very upset. And I get it. I totally get it. I am I am an incredibly emotional sports viewer. And for a very long time, the performance of the Miami Dolphins informed how the rest of my Sunday was going to go. And quite often, how part of my Monday was going to go. But I have managed to find a place this season. And I, and I feel like there maybe are some other people who have found it as well, where you cannot let the performance of this football team define your happiness as a person, right? It's it's one thing to be upset about, you know, plays and, and, and certain decisions that were made and, you know, normal kind of football things. It's one thing to get upset about them and a little, little you know, whatever. I didn't like that decision. I'm upset with it. It's no good. But don't let this stuff ruin your day. I, and and again, I understand it's a different thing for people that have season tickets that have invested a lot of their own personal time and money into the team. Listen, we invest quite a bit of time into this team. We we do a friggin' podcast twice a week about it, right? I, I, but I understand you, you spend money on the team, and then they're they're terrible. I get it. You just have to know that what you are witnessing this year is. Actually, as much as it doesn't seem like it, the very first step in the right direction for this franchise. And I know you don't feel like, I know that there are so many people out there who are hearing me say that, they're throwing their hands up. Hopefully you're not driving as you're throwing your hands up. But I I understand that you're frustrated, but this is a step in the right direction. Okay, and I want to also address those people who are saying you guys are tanking because you want to get this one quarterback. And I don't care how good that one quarterback is. One quarterback isn't going to fix this. One quarterback isn't going to fix a team that has lost a hundred by a combined 102 to 10 over the first two weeks of the season. I get that. I understand your argument. But here's the thing. What the Dolphins are doing is not just getting one quarterback. This is a team that could have as many as three first round draft picks next season. And this is an, this is a team that has gotten rid of all of the bad contracts. This is a team that in the upcoming offseason is going to fill a lot of holes in this team. Are they going to fill all of them? No. But this is the bottoming out point. This season, if you can get through this season after this, as long as all goes according to plan, this team is going to start taking steps forward. And it wouldn't surprise me if they started taking larger steps forward than maybe any of us are prepared to anticipate because of how much capital they have in the draft and because of how much cap space they have. This is a team that is going to be significantly better next season. Yes, they're bad right now. They're very, very bad. They may be the worst team 
in NFL history when all is said and done. I, I, I sent out a poll on Twitter. Does this Is this Dolphins offense the worst offense in NFL history? And two-thirds of the people who responded responded, yes, it is. Time will tell. But that's all I can tell you is that what you are witnessing now is very bad, I understand, but it is a step forward for the organization. We've been mired in mediocrity for so long. Even those Dolphins teams that made the playoffs since 2000, because really even that 2000 team, I don't know that they were legitimate Super Bowl contenders, but even those teams that have made the playoffs after that were teams that were one and done in the playoffs. Those teams weren't Super Bowl contenders. And every time we took those teams that we tried to add pieces and we tried to take steps forward or backwards, this team was almost... It was just regularly finishing somewhere between six and ten and nine and seven. And that was where we were, mired in mediocrity forever. And maybe, maybe some of you were happy about that. But I'm not. The brain is not. Thousands of us are not. We all want to see the Miami Dolphins win the Super Bowl. That is the goal. And not just to win the Super Bowl once, but to be competitive and be in the mix to win that Super Bowl every single year, like we were in the 90s. We never made it, but we were in the mix. And that's where we want to be. And we eventually want to get it. You have to know that this organization and what is happening this season is happening as a way, as a means to move the franchise forward in the long run. may take us a little while to get there. And it may be really tough to get through this year, but that's the goal. And as long as you can watch the football this season with that in mind, it's going to be okay. And in the meantime, what I would tell you to do is find something in your life that makes you happy that isn't football. You know, find happy. I mean, you really like whether the Dolphins were a Super Bowl contender or not. I mean, even if we were a Super Bowl contender, there has to be something else in your life that makes you happy other than football. Whatever it is, if it's family, if it's friends, if it's music, if it's food, if it's whatever it is, find those other things in your life. Find meaning elsewhere outside of football and let football be the entertainment that it is. And when this season is over, when this long, painful season has come to an end, the offseason begins and this team starts to build this winner, what we hope is eventually going to be a winner. Maybe, just maybe, it'll all be worth it. And I know the argument but is, well, what if they fail? What if they blow it with all the draft picks they have? What if they sign the wrong guys and blah, 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 blah? Then we're in the same place that we've been in for the last 20 years. Right. The question that I would turn around and ask you is, what if it works? What if the Dolphins draft Tua Tagovailoa and in five years' time, the Miami Dolphins are Super Bowl champions. If in five years, I'm not even talking about in, in a couple of years, if five years down the line, the quarterback drafted by the Dolphins in the 2020 draft, let's say it's Tua, let's say they, or say they don't draft a quarterback this year, say they, I mean, I think they're going to because I don't think there's any guarantee. They certainly don't see them doing this, what they're doing this season two years in a row because that's a complete waste of time. I think it's time to start building now. This was the strip down year. But say it's Tua. Say it's Jake Fromm. Say it's Trevor Lawrence, whoever it is. If five years from now, the Miami Dolphins 
are on national television hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, ask yourself, was it worth it? Because if you ask me, my answer is yes. Brain, tell the people where they can find you. Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And I am on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. Uh, you can follow that. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. We really hope you will. Um, additionally, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins and give us a like over there. Every episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show is on dolphinstalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. Every episode of the show is up over there where you can uh, read all kinds of columns and opinions about the Dolphins. Every week we do our dolphinstalk.com staff predictions. Um, so you can see our predictions and see what we what we think of each game. Um, I think some of us were kind of close. This week, the game pretty much went as I thought this week. I thought New England was going to do a a time of possession thing and have long sustained drives, and that was more or less what happened. We didn't even talk about Antonio Brown this week. Listen, he's a good football player, and he proved it. I I don't know that there's anything else to say about that, really. The Patriots are good. They might go 16-0. They might go 18-0. They might be a. They might be a perf, They might have the perfect record. I know the brain has a take about that, but maybe maybe we'll share that another time. At any rate, every episode of this show is available on DolphinsTalk.com. You can also subscribe, download, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're there. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Man, leave us a five star rating. Leave us a review. Help other folks find the show. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you that is listening to the show on a regular basis, and we appreciate the feedback that we get from you on on Twitter and Facebook. It is really, really greatly appreciated. It means a lot to us. Um, so that's it. That's it for this week. In the meantime, uh, just between, we'll be back here what a couple days to preview the Dolphins, the 2019 Dolphins' first road excursion of the year as they head to Dallas to take on the 2-0 Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper. That'll be a fun one. So we'll be back to talk about that later this week. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from...